Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Lou Barletta loves that song, I Won't Back Down. So we thought we would do a I job do. by, I by do Johnny love that Cash song. That today. Wasn't Tom Petty. That wasn't Tom Petty, No, though. it was Johnny Cash. Oh, I thought it was Rusty Fender. I, I, I sang that song, actually, uh, one time. It was one of the biggest mistakes I've made. Oh, wow. Uh, well, you ac- know what? According to my daughters, my daughters tell me, please don't ever embarrass us like that again. Well, if that's one of the biggest mistakes you made, I think you're doing well, Lou Barletta. So uh, welcome <laughs> to our show. Um, let's, to you've been to the State of the Union uh, a couple of times. And uh, what, what was different this time around when you sat in the chambers this week? Well, I, I thought this, this speech by President Trump was one of the best that I've, that I've seen. Um, you know he was a, he was a cheerleader for for America, and I felt like you know he uh, he spoke so much from the heart and directly once again to the American people. I never remembered, and I don't know if there ever was a State of the Union where the president uh, referred to people in the gallery as often as he did to uh, to symbolize uh, points that he was trying to make, whether it was uh, honoring our law enforcement, uh, our veterans, our military. Uh, our moms and and, and, and and paid family leave, um, you know, it was just the, when he, you know, the, the the defector from North Korea when he stood and held held those crutches up, uh, you know, it was just chilling, uh, you know, how this president, you could see the pride in America that this president had. And I, I have to tell you, Sue, it, it was uh, very disturbing for me to sit there and watch, uh, watch what I saw uh, from others, uh, from the Democrats, at, at a time when the president was reaching over and saying, let's work together in a bipartisan way. When, when you can't stand up, when the president talks about African-American unemployment at its, at its all-time low, what is there not to, not to, be, not to like about that? When, when, he, when he talked about uh, the Hispanic unemployment at an all-time low, what, what is it there that disturbs you that, that, that you would not stand uh, for the for the parents that lost the, their their children to somebody who was in the country illegally, where, where's where's the compassion for Americans who are affected or if our military and I make it go on and on. Steve Scalise, uh, what was it that was so disturbing? You know, when the president talked about family, about in God we trust, and our military and our law enforcement, that could disturb you so much that that you would literally not get up uh, to agree. Well, these are your colleagues, Lou. Is it, what what they do? Is that how they are all the time, or, or is that just how they are when uh, television cameras are around? I don't. I don't know. You work with them. What's up with them? I, I, I think this is where we are at this time in in uh, in our history right now. Where uh, you know, and, and I I believe the proof will be you know two things will be coming up. Uh, number one, infrastructure that that we should all agree that, that we need to come together and, and work out a plan to, to rebuild America's infrastructure because it's going to create good jobs. People will make good money, and they'll spend it in our local economies. Yet we, you know, we, we all know that we have to fix 
our infrastructure. We don't let our house fall apart, and, and we shouldn't let our country's infrastructure either. So we should come together there. And, and, and I believe the most glaring example will be when the president went from 800,000 DACA recipients and, and increased it to 1.8 million. Uh, and that's still not good enough to, to get the Democrats to say we're willing to sit at the table and work out a compromise. Then just what is it that, that they want? I don't believe they want the issue to go away. I, I honestly believe that they want to use this issue. Um, if you're, if you're, your goal is, is to help African Americans get a job and have a better life, then why wouldn't you be proud that more of them have done that? And so I, I just think this is where we are right now, unfortunately. When you, when you hate the president more than you love America, I think it's time to throw these people out. Uh, now, Lou, with the four pillars part of the speech, which obviously you listen to closely, uh, President Trump said uh, not everybody is going to get what they want out of this. So what what are you willing to concede to make this happen? Well, this is a, this is a big leap. Uh, you know, this is a big leap, what he's talking about. However, for someone like myself who's, who's fought this issue from my time that I was a mayor, uh, having an opportunity— to finally solve this problem once and for all, I believe should bring everybody to the table willing, with a willingness to listen and a willingness to compromise if we can solve this once and for all. Now, there are a couple issues that I have with, with that plan, with the president's plan, and one is there has to be security first. It can't be a promise. We can't have any kind of legalization with a promise to the American people that we'll, we'll get to fixing the borders. Because that was done in 1986, and here we are in 2018 with the same problem. And I don't want to be part of anything that leaves the next generation with this problem. So that's first for me, number one. We have to have security first before we talk about legalization. Two, uh, the president went from 800,000 to 1.8 million. I'm very interested in, in how that that happened. Who what who are we including? And if this universe of people that, that we're we're talking about legalizing, what kind of screenings, uh, uh, background checks and screenings were done uh, to make sure and assure the American people that we're not letting any gang members in? I don't want one in. I don't want one. I don't want one gang member in in the United States that's going to destroy or hurt. Uh, an American because we didn't do our job in, in making sure uh, that we didn't let people s slip through the cracks. I do know under the Obama administration, when, when they were talking about a pathway to citizenship, the way they did a background screening on, on you is you just had to send your paperwork into Washington and some bureaucrat on the fifth floor of an office building looked at it and either approved it or disapproved it. And there was so much fraud uh, involved that we were just literally not really doing a background check. You have to do a field check. That's the way you do a, a, a proper screening. You need to do face-to-face -face interviews. You need to go back to the country of origin of that person to see if they have any ties with any either gang gang members or, or, or terrorist groups. That's the way you assure the American people that we're doing this properly. So that's the part of it that I'm going to uh, pay some attention to, but I'm willing to sit at the table and listen because uh, there's something in here for everybody, and and the ones who should benefit the most are the American people, and it should be there should be a deal that that makes our immigration uh, policy work for Americans, and is also good for the immigrants that come.
Okay. And it sounds that the, the, the process that you want uh, for $1.8 million would be pretty rigorous. And I know that there is a, a suggested 12-year time frame to get this done. Um, will, will it take 12 years for everybody, or is it flexible? And it does sound like it's going to be costly, too. So who's going to pay for the field checks and the face-to-face -face interviews and all that? Yeah, well, it, it, there is going to be a process, and and uh, you know that's why for me there needs to be there needs to be security first, so that you don't have another eight hundred thousand people here. You know what good is it if we do this? I mean, just to put it in layman's terms, it, it, you know, if you had a big hole in the roof of your house, you know, as much as you would like to, but you're not going to go out and replace the carpet and the furniture until until the hole in the roof is fixed. That's just common sense, and. You know, if we really want to fix this problem or if people are looking at this for votes or, you know, for their own elections, you know, then I think that's the wrong thing to do. You know, I look at it, there's something here for everyone. And and if you really want to solve the problem, let's do it. But let's do it correctly. There's no reason that the greatest country on earth can't do something like this to say, okay, we're going to, there's a process in how we do this. And if people are willing to accept uh, a legalization of, of those that, that are in the country illegally, be it at no fault of their own. I don't want people in that group who, who, who have forged documents to get in that group and, and cheat the system and fraud the system. There's too much fraud in our government to begin with, and American people are fed up with it. And, you know, this government should be able to do this in, in a way that assures we're not letting anybody in the country who shouldn't. And this problem will never happen again, and we'll be a safer and better country for it. Now, if the Democrats don't want to come to the table, then I think that answers the question that they, they really don't want to solve this problem. They just want this issue to be out here so that they can use it in an election. Let's talk a little bit about this uh, memo, which may or may not come out. Um, did you see it, Lou? I, I did, Sue. I, I, um, I read the memo as well as um, the 10-page uh, Democrat uh, counter memo. So I did read both of them, yes. Should uh, should it be released? Should both of them be released? What do you think? I believe the American people need to see it. Okay. Both or, or just the one? I have no problem with both. You know, I have no problem with that. You know, the best, you know, sunlight is the best way to be transparent. And let the American people, when they read what I read, uh, let them determine uh, what 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 steps need to be taken next. It was alarming, and I believe uh, I believe it needs the, the public has a right to see it. What if the, what about the FBI saying they have grave concerns? Well, the, you know those concerns have changed. Uh, you know over the past few days. You know originally uh, there was uh, there was concerns that their methods uh, and 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 uh, a process and, and secrets would be uh, exposed, which uh, they have, that will not be the case. And, and now uh, they want to stop uh, this from being public because of their concern that there was there are uh, circumstances that are omitted that would change the uh, the the the, uh, the meaning of, of what people are seeing. Um, you know, personally, after what I read, uh, I would like the public to be able to determine themselves themselves um, 
for themselves what uh, wh- whether or not they not they believe that anything any crimes have been committed by our government we you know we we have to drain this in draining the swamp that means reassuring the american people that that their government and their their highest uh, office of law enforcement uh, is literally has blinders on it that that because you are someone who thinks they are better or higher or more powerful or richer, that there's a different set of laws for you than the average American. Okay. Oh, well, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see how that uh, ends up. Somebody uh, wants to know about what happened with you and President Trump at the end of the State of the Union. You mm-hmm. were uh, shaking hands, and you said something to the president, and uh, Trump said to you, Lou, get it done. Is that an accurate portrayal of what happened? That's part of it. Uh, yeah, that, that was part of it. He, he, had a, he had a few other uh, things that he said to me uh, prior to that. Uh, but he, he asked how I was doing, and, and then there was a small conversation uh, prior to that. And I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to working with with uh, with the president. I'm, I'm uh, very active in in, uh, in in other issues that uh, I hope to be working with the administration and, and Ivanka. I'm, um, so, you know, I'm excited about, about what we're going to be doing this year. I'm excited about, you know, the fact that having a relationship with the administration is, I believe, is good, uh, you know, for people that I represent uh, or, or wherever it is, because, because the issues that are important to us, you know, there's nothing better than getting it to the person at the top if you're trying to get something done. All right. Now, I just want to ask you one more question before I let you go. Um, yesterday... Uh, Trey Gowdy said that he wouldn't uh, seek re-election. He seems frustrated. Uh, do you know him, and uh, were you surprised by this? Yeah, I do know Trey well. We came in, we were elected together in 2010, uh, so we're from the same class and coming in. And I, 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 of all the people that uh, have decided not to uh, to return, uh, I'm I'm most sad about his decision because he's a great member of Congress. Uh, I could tell you this from the very beginning. Uh, he was never um, enamored with being in Washington. Uh, that's not his style. That's not what he, you know, what he's about. He came there to 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 get things done. Um, he's a, he he has risen to be a chairman of uh, of important committees, and he feels it's time to go home. And and uh, you know he believes that people should just be there for so long, do their job, and go home. And uh, and that's what he's going to do, and and he'll go back into the private sector. And I trust me, I don't I don't believe you'll hear the the end of Trey Gowdy, but whatever he does, uh, the people there will benefit from it because he he is uh, one of the best members of Congress that that I've worked with. Yeah, but it seems like there's a frustration there that uh, maybe you understand. It's very frustrating what's going on in Washington, and and uh, you know again that was part of. What attracted me to uh, to Donald Trump when he was running for president? When he said "drain the swamp," when I first heard that term, you know, my my reaction was, "Hell yeah, I'm I'm, I'm all in on that." Because uh, you know, there's there, it just seems too that people are more worried about getting reelected. They'll say whatever they want to, you know, whatever you want to hear, and and then they get elected and you don't hear from them again. And the problems still exist, and that's why the forgotten men and women have. You know, they, they stood up this election, and they're ready to throw people out. And, and Trey and those like myself who work there can see it, especially when you're seeing what goes on behind the scenes. 
uh, that there needs to be a change, and this government has to be turned back to the people. And part of that is term limits. Uh, you know, I believe people are in Washington too long. They get very comfortable and know how to work the system. They get themselves elected. They become very powerful and very hard to defeat. And therefore, that's how you see people there 20, 30 years. And, you know, but what's happening with the problems and what kind of control do the American people have of their government when their government thinks they're more powerful than you? Lou Barletta, as always, uh, thank you for joining our show and talking about the happenings in Washington. Thank you, Sue. Good to talk to you. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.